Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast. We are talking about the penultimate race of the season, and everyone's got questions about what on earth are we going to be looking forward to this weekend, Tom Bellingham, because there's a lot to talk about. And it's I don't think this is going to be a straightforward, chilled weekend for many reasons. No, I think this could well be one of the craziest Formula One races in terms of like the whole build-up to it and everything to ever exist. Uh, whether that's a good or bad thing we'll dive into and and there's a lot of opinions on this on this track um and yeah it's going to be interesting because boy has there been a lot of uh chaos and craziness already and we haven't even started racing there yet no we have not uh and this isn't actually the first time they have raced in las vegas uh, it took back it took place back in the 1980s at a different track which was essentially in a car park so if you want to find out more about that particular race, we have done a full podcast about it over on our Patreon, which is our short view back to the past series. Uh, so if you want to go and check that out and find out the absolute like, oh, let's race in Vegas. And it's very less glamorous than what they've got uh, in 2023. Uh, if you sign up to our Patreon, you support this channel and you'll get access to that exclusive podcast series, ad-free podcasts, access to the private Discord, early access to events and much, much more. Right, let's start. I think at the very beginning, Tommy, about how this circuit actually came about. So in March 2022, it was announced that Las Vegas would host a Grand Prix in November 2023 down the Vegas Strip. Now, I don't know about you, Tommy, but when I heard this, my first reaction was one word. How? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, very much, much so. Obviously, this is a long time ago. Actually, thinking about this now, like March 20. 22 obviously that's you know off the back of one of if not the most insane formula one seasons we've ever had going into this new era of cars and it's like well new era like f1's absolutely booming after this amazing season it's like we're gonna race in vegas this is gonna be absolutely uh incredible and uh yeah it definitely was a case of like how is that going to work uh, and also another thing I, I think that was one of my first thoughts was like this is this is F1 kind of uh, like elbowing Monaco out the way, being like, let's do a new Monaco that we we own. You reckon? You reckon yeah, they're trying yeah, to house them out? Yeah, I think out? so, yeah. That's because you're in love with Monaco and you're just being protective, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> I hope That's I'm wrong. That's what you think they're trying to do. But, oh, God, March 2022, what a throwback. That was when we thought the cars were the greatest thing since sliced bread and that they could all follow each other and... That was the sort of time, wasn't it, with Charles and Max battling in Baku and 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 Charles actually winning a race, <laughs> leading the good. championship by Australia a mile. Australia by forty-three points for, over Max Verstappen. That was good times, wasn't it? And then Grace um, was so born. in February, and then Grace <laughs> was born, and then she ruined everything. Uh, so in February twenty twenty-three. So this is this year before they've had a race. Before they've had a race, they're confirming a 10-year deal, uh, which means that they'll be able to host the race um, and essentially close the Vegas Strip. Now, there has been a lot of chatter about Vegas and Formula One and the absolute carnage that has unfolded since they've started to build it. This isn't a case of Monaco where they just whack up a few pit buildings, they cause a bit of a bit of congestion for a few weeks and then it's, you know, we're done. They've had to 
resurface everything. They've had to build these absolutely enormous grandstands. They've essentially changed Vegas. And look, I am putting myself into a, a Vegas resident that does not give a flying bleep about Formula One. And my beloved Vegas Strip, with so many amazing features, have been boarded up, blocked, and so on and so forth for months on end. And this is going to happen for 10 years. Yeah, it's going to take a long time. Obviously, we mentioned Monaco earlier, and like you said, Monaco's been doing it as well for, you know, years and years and years. Uh, especially, yeah, I think modern modern Monaco, it's like clockwork. They know exactly what they're doing. And it's also not the busiest place in the world, I guess. And they're, they're kind of used to it. Apart from that queue for the train station. My, oh my God, God Tommy, when we tried to get soon. that train... <laughs> <laughs> that was mad. That was a train that wasn't out, out to Nice and, and yeah, and one stuff. one lift that takes you up yeah. to the top uh, of of thousands of people. Yeah. So Monaco's um, not perfect. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, yeah. So it, uh, yeah, Vegas has had that level of chaos, I guess, around the whole weekend. Uh, you only have to go on TikTok and Instagram, and there's a few YouTube videos out there of residents that are just like, "What on earth is going on here?" Uh, and you've got to think as well, because at first I was kind of like. Um, you know, these people complaining about a touristy kind of event going on when you live in Las Vegas, it must be really bad for the because yeah, th- this is the this is the place that you know has this kind of thing all the time. They've built a blooming sphere that looks like a with big screen that looks like a giant emoji, and it's ar- outrageous that though. Isn't it, it is outrageous. I'm looking forward to seeing it actually, just yeah. because, for pure chaos um, and ridiculousness i'm gonna put but, your face on it are you i think yeah, that yeah, cost yeah. us that you and cost us of more than uh <laughs> more than what we're <laughs> yeah um but this is the thing like it must be horrendous for for them to be complaining that much because it's just affecting people's lives like uh and i think the worst of it appears to be the fact that people can't that you know you're not going to get a view, even if you live there. Whereas Monaco's a bit different. They kind of put barriers up and stuff. But uh, Vegas, it's very much like, you know, put the boards up and all that kind of stuff. Question from Oshelaka. If F1 truly cared about gaining the American audience, then why put up the barriers to obstruct the view from businesses? I understand more profit, but it doesn't help bring in a non-racing or even casual watcher. Uh, I completely agree, Uh to some extent with this. Of course, Formula One is a business. They're going to try and utilize as much as they possibly can, especially from this, because they have paid to put this on. Although I was watching another YouTube video around this whole Vegas thing and uh, a bit of research on it, and F1 applied for Las Vegas themselves to cough up a huge amount of money to essentially help host the Grand Prix. I think you may have watched the same video I did. It's very much yeah, like yeah, a yeah. watch if you've... Uh, and... Uh, and so you can't even say like, oh, you know, F1's just put every penny into this. They, they've been trying to save money everywhere they can. And, and I wonder whether there's a slight bit of, um, what's the word? Just sort of believing Formula One's further ahead than they actually are. And they're like, well, Naivety. America's ta- taking it on now. Yeah, a bit, a bit naive, I suppose, in, in that sense. And I still feel like there's a lot further to go with Formula One and America to, to really, truly be embraced as a sport in the long run. I'm not talking about the short run. That's great. 
but Max Verstappen's starting to dominate, fans will turn away because we don't have that chaos of 2021. We don't have that drive to survive drama going on every single race weekend. What happens if we have a period of five years where someone dominates? So for me, I, I'm completely with uh, Oshalaka here, saying that why don't you just embrace the whole thing? You're charging an outrageous amount just to be there anyway, still put up the right parameters in order to not cause massive congestion in certain parts where people might be peering over a wall or something. But you have you have to integrate rather than be like, well, the circus is here. You have to pay $1,000 to get in or you're not even getting a sniff of it. Also, one way to, I guess, uh, compensate the uh, the residents that have had to put up with, with the chaos because... Because, yeah, we, we've not really gone into uh, too much about it, but I think if I was a uh, tourist as well going to Vegas and I didn't, like I say, know anything about the, the Grand Prix, a lot of the landmarks, you can't even see. They've chopped down trees and things like that, and it's all just boarded up. And you've got to think, this is one weekend, like all this for one weekend, and it's going on. And you're, uh, you know, the amount of tourism that a place like Las Vegas must bring in must be absolutely insane like so many people go there to see it um and yeah you're you're kind of covering it up and uh surely a good way is for these residents that have been making all these videos and YouTube videos and stuff about like this is an absolute joke I can't I'm not going to be able to stand this for another 10 years it's absolutely ridiculous the traffic's awful like can't get to work can't do this can't do that is yeah, they said that they make they're, them they're fall in love with F one, right? Exactly, Surely. and they're going to be the exact opposite of that. Yeah, they're when their commutes are three times as long to go to work, they were saying that there was not only the road that they try and get to. Sometimes they then divert and go to the road along, but then there's also works going on for four roads along, and it's it's a massive thing that's going on here. It's not a small track. It's not a Monaco, and for that, it's I, I can see why it's turning away a lot of Vegas. Uh, residents, whether it's genuinely going to cause a, a, a negative outcome overall, I'm not so sure. Depends how good the weekend is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the actual people there, I can understand why they're so, so peeved off. Yeah, exactly. Like one thing I, I think that's worth mentioning that I don't agree with that the residents have done uh, and kind of complained about is obviously the the bridges and uh, I think one of the most viral videos that's gone around is them peeling the kind of tape away from the advertising boards being like look we want to see the track and all this kind of stuff but uh, as has been mentioned by quite a lot of people you know you can't you, you can't have bridges obstructed full um, of people yeah full of people because of course you're going to watch it say like Silverstone right when when uh, if if uh, Silverstone had a view on the Wellington Strait on that bridge that you go over at Silverstone, you're going to want to stand there and watch it, but then you're obstructing everyone that needs to get in and out of the circuit around mm. the other side. So like, you can't have people because it's going to be an amazing view and then people will just stand on <laughs> stand on bridges. So that, from that side, absolutely like doesn't make sense. But the thing, what it sounds like from these videos I've seen is the residents that, I still have only just found out how they're going to get to work and the race is next week. Um, is that, you know, they're having to go to like this special car park and then they're kind of funneled into this area where they're not going to be able to see anything and they go into through this like unique kind of walkway to get into the track where they will not be able to see the race and stuff um, just so they can get to work, um, which does seem a bit, bit extreme. For, from... 
from everything I've seen so far, it is very much a kind of, it feels like they've tried to do a Monaco and it's they're realising how difficult uh, that is, basically. Yeah, yeah. They tried to do a Monaco in one of the busiest, craziest places, being Las Vegas on the actual main strip. They've gone, how hard can we make it? Yes, that's that's essentially what Formula One have done. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm completely on, on that side of things. I think boarding up businesses... Uh, with advertising, et cetera, is a, a bit too far uh, or just to basically block their view is um, unless they pay a, a certain fee is, is pretty, pretty harsh. Um, I've actually seen recently, Tommy, that the ticket prices and the hotel prices have plummeted. Yeah. Uh, and I've actually gone and bought my mum and my sister access to Thursday so she, they can go and watch practice because it was so much cheaper than, than what it, what they were trying to flog it for. Now they've realised, oh, God, no one's coming. We've overpriced this by about three times. Yeah, uh, the ticket prices I've seen dropping. There's a lot of uh, yeah hotel prices uh, dropping because I think they expected all these people to, to come and, and they, they could just pay the enormous fees that it's costing Formula One by essentially having lots of rich people come and want to be part of it. But it's quite clear that that's not going to going to be the case so maybe they do need to start um letting some of the residents see so there's enough people there <laughs> and also i think you know we said about the the naive approach but it's also quite an arrogant approach i think as well with how high they've tried to price this grand prix that's never happened before yes it's the inaugural las vegas grand prix. well technically not there was one in the car park but there was you know of the new generation yeah okay cool it's really great and everything, but you're pricing out a lot of people that might, that true F1 fans that may want to go and visit Vegas on a once in a lifetime experience have to pay thousands upon thousands of pounds just to be able to go and experience it. Why would they go go to Hungary? You know, the, you get in for a couple of hundred quid and it's one of the best experiences you'll have. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, let, let's, let's stop on the old uh, rant because uh, that hasn't even happened yet, but there are some things to be ranted about and uh, we totally understand that. 
Now I'm having a look at the track map right there. I've also I had the, uh, the I say the privilege. I mean, the F123 game is out, um, but I've 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 gone round the old, the track on 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 the game a bit, and my God, I'm bad, uh, really bad around this track. Um, difficult. And what do we think? What's what's your first thoughts, Tommy, on the track? My first thoughts uh, are that it's very unique, um, and I've seen a lot of people complain about it. Right. And my first thoughts were actually that, uh, and I hope this is the case, that it kind of felt very similar reaction to something like Baku, right? When that got announced, everyone was like, what a joke. What is this track? It's just a massive straight and loads of 93 corners. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then there were two banging Grand Prix, and suddenly it's everyone's favorite race in the whole wide world. <laughs> and then they and, had five terrible ones. And they're like, oh. <laughs> but for some reason, people still yeah, kind of yeah, forget about the terrible ones. And they're like, yeah, Baku's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely mad. Um, and we F1 fans are a fickle bunch, let's be honest, because uh, if this produces absolute crazy chaos exciting best race of the year uh and we'll get into this but could well be cra- very crazy indeed um we'll be loving it uh we won't care like for all the millions and billions of dollars spent we won't even care that it's down the the strip we'll just want an exciting crazy race uh, and if it delivers that we could end up getting to the point where we're like oh, yes, it's Vegas next. That's always absolutely bonkers. And um, that that's how I kind of was my first thoughts, that everyone's roasting it, but it was exactly the same reaction to Baku. When I look at the track map, I genuinely, and this isn't just because we're going, because we could, you know, we could be going and be thinking, well, this track could be terrible. Um, the, the circuit themselves aren't sending us out there. I... I think this track could breed carnage. That I genuinely do. There are two massive straights leading into very heavy braking zones, and you also got a small little straight after turn four as well. I, I on paper, it looks all right. I, I think it's a bit awkward in some areas. Six, seven, eight, nine feels like a quite a very quite a, a, an awkward little segment of the track. But of course, you know, they are literally trying to race around Las Vegas. So it's not like they've chosen these exact degree of corners. Um, but I, I I genuinely think there is there is something here. There, there Some bits feel a little bit like Miami in some ways when I was driving the, the track as well. Um, but yeah, I, I on on first thoughts and first look, I think it could be could be all right. But it really depends on on the other factors, but we'll get into that very shortly. Question from Emmanuel Thorpe. Which team do you think the track will suit the most? Red, Red Bull. Bull. <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a whim here, yeah. Tommy, and this might give you a indication as to Ooh, where I'm going to put my Spoilers. predictions. Ferrari. I think yeah. Ferrari could be lit here. Ferrari struggle with tyre wear which necessarily usually means, I don't know why I said necessarily, which usually means they struggle a little bit with the overheating of the tyres. There's nowhere to overheat the tyres. <laughs> there, there is very cold in Las Vegas. Which is a problem um, for so, later, yeah. Yeah, so for me, I think Ferrari. I genuinely do. Yeah. I'm backing it to the hilt. Well, they got pole at Monza, uh, which is, of course, a very uh, quick track, lots of long straights. Um 
I also believe Baku. that Ferrari... Baku? We've got Poland Baku. Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. Thank you very much. Yeah, dab there on we that. Go. Don't know why I just dab. <laughs> <laughs> that very current meme. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> but yeah, Ve- Vegas, yeah, you, you're right. A lot of people going, a lot of people when we put the questions out going, why is this just a Red Bull track? There's also the uh, kind of other side of the coin that I think it could be a case of is either suits Red Bull down to the ground and then miles ahead or we get another Singapore. And of course, Singapore, Red Bull, we're just nowhere. And I feel like it's going to go one way or the other, really, with with it. Um, because they struggled with, you know, the bumps in Singapore. They had to rate the ride height and stuff. And it could very well... I think we'll, we'll get into into this next with the, the whole weather and, and everything that's going to happen with that. But... The form book, everything I've read, the form book is going out the window with how this race is going to be because I Tommy, cannot stop see it. this. You're getting me excited. It's going to be chaos. I can't see how it's not going to be chaos um, with everything that that's going on, the circuit layout, the weather, everything. So, um, yeah, excited to see how it, how it happens. And with the track layout you mentioned as well, maybe this is just the, the COVID uh calendar that we had but it has made me because we always roast new tracks formula one fans you see a track map and you're like oh what's that it looks like spider pig or whatever and all this kind of stuff but um <laughs> it does <laughs> it does it's a pig it does. on the ceiling yeah it's upside down it's a pig upside down yeah um but i am looking forward to a new track it adds something new like a bit of bit of spice and I think there is something to be said about us going to the same venues again and again and again. And when you do get a new track, it is something exciting. Um, whether it's going to be good or not, we'll see. But it's that unknown. It's that kind of you get to watch practice and you don't know what the track looks like and you're learning it in practice and things like that. I really enjoy that. Um, so mm. that is that is an element that I'm really looking forward to, just something new. So you're telling me you're going to enjoy FP1, Tommy? I will. I'll be there You'll be no matter tuning what, in literally. There with your head out the window. <laughs> Love it. Right, let's get on to the big talking point then. This is something that I we both believe is going to cause absolute carnage uh, for this Las Vegas Grand Prix, and that is the weather. And, of course, mixing with that, the time of day. Of course, it's a night race. It is, ex- well, 10 p.m. start time. It is expected to be between 5 to 10 degrees, which is 41 to 50 Fahrenheit, when the race happens and when the other sessions happen and when the qualifying happens. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Nadia Bunny 88 comes in with a question, how much do we think the temperature is going to cause chaos? I am of the opinion, and that is why Tommy has said about the form book, that this is, this is going to throw all, all things out the window. Uh, and this isn't just purely, I'm not just, <laughs> I should just say it's going to be terribly boring, shouldn't I? I, I should learn from, from yeah. my predictions here. But it should, it should. This is, Formula One cars aren't meant to run in five to 10 degree temperatures. The tyres aren't meant to run at five to 10 degree temperatures. We're going to see a completely different weekend where the drivers are going to be struggling with just getting tyre temperature in there. The tyres are going to react differently in terms of how they wear that we, you know, when we look back to maybe the 2020 Eiffel GP, where that was through COVID and <laughs> the whole calendar that was going FD1, on, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was yeah. really, really cold. Uh, and the drivers 
back then were saying that you know the tires will have a, a massive risk of graining because you're going to be pushing too hard too soon on the tires when they're too cold. But obviously in qualifying, <laughs> you need to go fast at some point. So I'm also, you know, my brain's going mental here. Where I'm like, wait, well, could we see more than one lap before we then go for a hot lap? Could we maybe even see, yeah. do you remember a few years ago when the mediums were sometimes used as the fastest tyre because you can do a few laps and then go for a flying lap? You know, the softs might not work in qualifying the way that they expect. So many unknowns. <laughs> that I, I, if, they, if it was a sprint... I genuinely think Logan Sargent podium. <laughs> I don't see how this race cannot be essentially like a turkey 2020 times 10 because the the weather, like like you say, right, 5 to 10 degrees is going to be absolutely freezing. Formula 1 cars are not made to run in those conditions. Um, the coldest ever Formula 1 race was 5 degrees, but that was in... Uh, the late 70s in in Canada. But like you say, we have seen it at the Eiffel GP in Turkey where it's been a bit colder. But those tracks have... Uh, th- I can't think of a worse track layout either for a cold race. And I think that's what is... more Because <laughs> yes. high-speed corners warm up the tyres. And this is always a problem in the hot races that you're trying to cool your tyres down and you ease off into high-speed corners and things. There are no real high-speed corners to warm the tyres up. So if you think... 10, 11, that's probably 10, 11, it. maybe in 12. So they're going to have to essentially cook their tyres through 10, 11, and 12 because the long straight, they're going to be on a two-kilometre straight doing absolutely nothing. The tyres are going to be cooling down like crazy, and then they've got to go into a really heavy braking zone on a new track surface as well. And let's not forget, I, not just the tires, the, the brakes as well. The brakes, like the yeah. brakes are going to be freezing, which yeah. means you're going to spotting your braking point could be different lap after lap as you generate some heat into those brakes. It could feel like a almost like a wet race if it's not even raining because they're just going to have no grip. And dare I say that, like, as long as it's all, uh, you know, a safe race and everything, they are the kind of races I love because. While we want to see Formula 1 cars go fast, the entertaining ones are always the ones where they struggle for some kind of grip because it means there's mistakes and there's different lines through different corners and things like that. Um, so this is going to be crazy. A lot of the, the drivers have spoken about it, um, basically being like, yeah, it's going to be interesting, uh, in inverted commas, uh, because the track, like say, it's not it's not suited for, for a cold cold track there's not really a lot of places to warm warm the tires up like the hard tire is going to be horrendous will they even hard use it will they just be touched, no, mate. They it won't be touched. be touched um yeah and i think that all of these things are just going to be so so interesting to see how teams go about it uh i think they're going to be yeah very much um thanking the Lord uh, for three practice sessions uh, this weekend so they can at least do their programs and and figure out uh, what the best way is to go. And also, I've heard that maybe Friday, Saturday, it could be raining, which, I mean... God. If if they have a washout in practice and they don't get relevant running, the race will be absolute chaos. Like, genuinely, (laughs) like, will, will there even be enough finishers to score points? 
Yeah, so the long forecast at the moment, at least on BBC, says Thursday and Friday uh, are raining. <laughs> it's, why? Wow. Why? When, when we go to a race, Tommy, I don't want rain. Apart from Monaco, that was fun when it like chucked it down yeah, for like, yeah. two minutes and caused carnage. Well, not even that much carnage. But yeah, uh, it... We, I think we, we've we've done our bad thing, Tommy, and of set so, so many high expectations right now. But we're, we're, we're going with it. It's going to be a great, great weekend. I think the unknown is genuinely exciting, though. I think that's what what this maybe, you know, a lot of stuff's wrapped up. Uh, and this is what the end of the season needs, something new uh, and unknown. And I think that's, that is, despite all the 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 complaints you know i'm not going to sit here and pretend it looks like the greatest track layout of all time and it's not really chaotic build-up and all this kind of stuff but it is exciting to have a new race that's unknown crazy conditions i yeah it's gonna be very interesting indeed i'm i'm actually even just talking about this i'm i'm actually excited for it i know a lot of people are like oh it's just silly i'm not not there for the hype but it's not even the hype uh of like it being in vegas it could be anywhere yeah it, it's 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 formula one it could be Bahrain insane and six degrees i'm like yeah, yes exactly lovely although Bahrain's a great track um one one final thing uh, i was going to say uh which is it's going to be very clear quite quickly as to who's done their homework as well when we get to vegas in terms of on the sim yeah you know, could that mean that perhaps the younger drivers that are more used to sim racing and, you know, not just obviously in the Formula One sim, but there's there's a lot of homework that you can do. You know, even playing the Formula One game to a small degree might genuinely help just be able to figure out this this track and, and how they go about it. So, yeah, I'm fascinated to see Max Verstappen go three seconds quicker than every, anybody else in FP1. Um, yeah, but, uh, I was literally yeah, about to say the very same thing. Happen. Maybe that's my crazy prediction that he's going to be at least a second clear of everyone else. But we will do that. We will do the predictions at another time. Tommy, we have come to the end of this Las Vegas chat. What are your final thoughts? Uh, obviously, very generic final thoughts, but uh, really looking forward to going to the race, seeing new parts of uh, America, and because we're, we're doing our obviously insane road trip as well. Um, so really excited um, for that. And uh, yeah, let's hope the all the hype... Uh, it lives up and we've not just crushed all your dreams by saying it's going to be the craziest race ever and then we get a procession. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed for our sakes uh, more than anything, Tommy A. Um, but yes, uh, we will be out in Vegas, as you know. Um, we might well be doing a meetup. That's kind of TBC at the moment. So stay tuned to our social media if you want to come and say hello to us. We might be doing something uh, with PokerStars, which would be really cool. Uh, but yeah, as I say, just keep an eye out for that and we will see you soon. Bye! Bye! P1 is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.